0: All right, so uh, so last week we began uh, learning together. Chalam, mitzvah but in particular the mitzvah of halva, of lending uh, Jew money, lending someone money if they need mitzvah halva. So just to chazar over quickly a little bit of what we uh, what we what we came with came away with last week, and then we'll, tonight we'll focus more on some particular halachas that that come from it. So last week we focused on is just to understand the nature of this mitzvah, right? The mitzvah of again, like the pasuk says, you know, we have it in front of you. The pasuk says in Mishpat, and again, in Ami, that uh, that when you lend my people, the poor of my people, money, they say like you shouldn't be aggressive about it, and you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't charge interest and so on. But the inference of the pasuk is that you have an obligation to lend money to my people and to uh, poor people. Again, we'll talk about that particular aspect of the Pasuk soon. Anyways, so that's the Pasuk, a mitzvah to lend money. So we talked about this last week is that there are basically three opinions it seems that there are three opinions in the Rishonim to understand what's the nature of this mitzvah. So one opinion is the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvahs that the nature of this mitzvah is tzedakah. We have a general umbrella mitzvah called tzedakah which can be fulfilled in, uh, in, uh, in, in, in many many ways But the pasuk is singling out this particular scenario, that of all the situations of tzedakah that can be fulfilled, this one in particular you have to be extra careful on. And if this particular situation arises, this is the one to uh, to do more than other situations, and that's lending a Jew money. So that's the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvahs. It's 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 a particular uh, particular point within the umbrella mitzvah of tzedakah. That was the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvahs, and then you have the tour. And by the way, and because of that, as we saw in the Rambam, it's something that's specific only to poor people, since it's under the category of tzedakah, so it's only going to be to poor people. Then you have the Tur, the opposite extreme. The tor said, no, this is not a particular scenario, a mitzvah under the umbrella of tzedakah, rather this is a particular mitzvah under the umbrella of chesed, in general, in general chesed. And therefore, again, if many opportunities do chesed, they have to be fulfilled in many, many ways. But l'mayseh, if this particular scenario arises, this is the way to be mekayim, the mitzvah, chesed. And because of that, says the Torah, it's not specific to four yidin. It could be anyone. It's chesed. Chesed applies to any Jew. So that's the sheet of the Torah. And then finally, we have the third sheet of the Rambam himself in Mishnah Torah, that there was a little bit of a change between his opinion in Sefer and Mitzvot versus Mishnah Torah. And in Mishnah Torah, what we saw was that the Rambam did not record this halacha in the halachas of Staka, like, in Sefer Mitzvahs, probably would have put it. He does not record it in the halachas of Chesed, which is where the tour would have put it. Rather, he puts it in the halachas of business of Malav of of uh, loans and commerce. That's where he puts these halachas. Mm-hmm. So we suggested that, according to the Ram, it seems that it's not a mitzvah that's that, that it's not a it's not a mitzvah of tzedakah or Chesed. Tzedakah and Chesed are mitzvahs that are focused on, on the donalchavei. Right, this person has a need. So I love him, I'm supposed to care for him, so I help him out. Rather, that's not how the Raman views this mitzvah. This mitzvah, the Raman sees it more of within the Jew himself. There are halachas that govern our commerce. There's halachas that govern what type of business interactions you're allowed to be involved in, what not. So we have prohibitions uh, not charging interest. There's prohibitions of not overcharging if you're selling something of not uh, you know uh, things like that there's there's halachas that govern business so one of the mitzvahs of business and one of the business of, of one of the halal mitzvahs of of commerce and interaction how to deal with your money and 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 you know uh, to make sure that your portfolio is uh, is a kosher one is that in situations where you didn't come to ask for a loan that you have to lend money to them so that's part of the, 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 the it's a hai mish it's part of the halachas, it's a mitzvah that's that's governing your particular, your personal, inyani in your particular, your your specific uh, uh, transactions and business dealings. That's what the mitzvah halva is about. And what we saw last week is, is that a because of that would be whether there's a cap on this mitzvah, right? Because we saw that when it comes to tzedak and chesed, it's even from the from the Torah, according to Rishali, it's mitzvah at- Torah. But Chazal put a cap of a fifth, right? Aser to asheran said. That, Hashem, if you, put, if you show chesed and charity to me, then I will show chesed and charity to others, and I'll give a fifth of my property for charity. So you see, as Chazal said, oh, so you see a fifth and not more. And that's a cap that Chazal put on stuck and chesed. But it's not a cap that exists in other areas of halacha that's not stuck and chesed. So according to the Rambam, in Mishnah that this is a halacha of chesed and mishpat. It's, it's, it's a mitzvah that governs your monetary dealings, not because of stuck in chesed, just within yourself. Your monetary dealings... You, you have an obligation within yourself and your, in your monetary dealings to be open to lending a Jew money if need be, so there's no cap on that. If a person theoretically can afford it, then the opportunity arises to give even more of a fifth, and that's what the person would do. And so there's no cap of a fifth in the sheet of the Rambam. We saw that already in the Chavetz Chaim also, that he already made a point of this, that there could be there's no cap. He was coming from a different angle that maybe there's no cap because it's, we're talking about a loan where you'll get the money back. So you know, so just because there's a cap on stuck in chesed where you're not getting the money back, so there might not be a cap on loaning because you uh, could assume you will get the money back but our point was that according to the Rambam there, there's, there's fundamentally no cap on it it's not stuck in a chesed to commit so that's what we saw, what we lo- saw last week. Okay, so now tonight we're going to go to part- some particular halachas of this Indian of lending you money, and right there, we'll see another napkin, I think, that comes from the Rambam, that it's a it's, it's, a, it's a mitzvah governing business as opposed to a mitzvah that's focused on that's coming from stuck and Chesed. Okay, so if you uh, see the Mahatmaq that you have in front of you, so it happens to be it's, it's, it's a halacha that um, it's, it's pretty relevant. It happens, uh, it comes up all the time. In fact, I recently just got a question about this. It's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty relevant. So in, initially we're going to see something that's not so, it's not uh, from our topic per se, but you'll see, uh, we'll get back to it. So in Marmaka number one, there's a pasuk in Parsh's Bahar, and there's a medrash on that pasuk. So the pasuk says like this. Again, I, it, I didn't quote the entire pasuk, but I'll read it to you. It says in pasuk that when you sell something to your friend, right, to another Jew, or if you purchase something from your friend from another Jew. So the goes on, you're not allowed to overprice and. and, and and overcharge each other. So there's, a, there's an ISSA prohibition of i So if I'm selling something, I can't charge, uh, you know, I, I can't overprice it. Again, We're talking about a situation where the guy doesn't realize he's being ripped off. So I'm not allowed to, you know, rip someone off like that. And uh, the person, let's say this, the buyer as well, he can't rip me off. I, I, don't, I might not realize that I'm, that I'm getting much less value for it. And, uh, you know, I'm a sucker, and the guy takes advantage of me, that's an Isra, Hano, Isra Aina. That's this, So the Medrash over here is is commenting though on the beginning of the pasuk that it says, if you buy from your friend or if you sell from your friend. Yeah. Is there also on the buyer? <clears throat> he feels like he's getting a good deal the seller have value of buying? It could be, yeah, yeah. Now the Halakhas of Aina are complicated. Uh, it only has to. We're talking about something that there is like Mlamis, a set market for it, and you know it's something that you know there's a clear overprice, underprice, you know. But uh, most things where there's no real set price, it's just up to the buyer and seller to negotiate. Then I know won't apply. But in theory, in theory, there is I know on both sides. Yeah. So the, again, the Medrash is commenting on the fact of how the pasik begins. If you buy something from your friend or sell something from your friend, so says the Medrash. That we see from here, just as a sort of like an inference from the pasik, we see a new idea. Says the Medrash. In bas limkar. If you have an opportunity to sell something, sell it to a Jew, sell it to a Jew. Then the embossal nice and if you have the opportunity to buy something and there's a few people selling it, buy it from a Jew. In other words, the Medjish is introducing us to a new idea, which is, it's not a new, a new mitzvah, it's not one of the 613, but the Medjish is telling us that we do see from a Pasuk a new idea, which is that if, I, uh, if, I, if there's two grocery stores to go to, I have to buy groceries, two grocery stores to go to, One's a Jew, one's a non-Jew. So the pasuk is saying, "Buy from your neighbor, buy from your friend, buy from a Jew." And the same thing is the opposite. If I'm uh, if I'm selling something, selling my car, whatever it is, and I have two people that are interested in it, one's a Jew, one's a not. So you should uh, sell it to a Jew. That's what the pasuk says. Okay. So now this is a new, new again. Like I said, this is not one of the six thirteen. But this is a derivative of chesed. We understand that there's a mitzvah to support another Jew, whether it be yitzdaq and chesed and so on. This is a, a new uh, you know, sort of angle of it, that even in buying and selling, you should go out of your way to buy and sell to and from a Jew, as opposed to an Anjou. Now, in terms of the practical details of this, what are, let's say buying and selling, are the prices the same? Are the prices different? What are the details? So in number and the Ratu, there's a chuva from the Ramok. It's a, it's a relatively famous. There's a whole set where we have shots and shuvahs from the Ramah. Uh, this is a probably the most famous shuvah there. The Ramah was dealing with a case of where you had a, uh, a person who, who had a, I mean, a copyright. In those days, it was hard to determine copyrights, but the guy was printing shots. He had like a, he was printing shots for many, many years, Ba down Babli. And then all of a sudden, you had a non Jewish person that came, and he started printing shots as well, and he started selling it cheaper. And so the the Jew is losing a lot of business. So the question that was asked to the Ramah is, are people allowed to buy the cheaper uh, set of Shas from the non-Jew, even though it's hurting the business of the Jew? So the Ramah Paskins, it's a problem for many reasons. But one of the inyonim that the Ramah deals with and just works out is this halacha. The Bejish again says, that if you have the opportunity to buy or sell to a Jew, then you should do the Jew more than the guy. So, uh, so, what are the rules of that? So, it says, says the Ramah, Marmaka number two. So, the Ramah first explains. When the Pasik says and introduces us to this idea that there's a halacha of miyadamisecha, that you have to, if the, if the option is to buy something from a Yehudi or not, you should buy it, you should buy it from the Jew. Mayri says the Ramah, this is talking about kishamaisal gabeh. This is talking about even if even if the non-Jew is willing to sell this product to you for a lower price. So even if it means saving some of your money, again, you're, let's say you're buying, uh, you're buying something, and uh, you know, two people are selling it, a Jew or a non-Jew, and the non-Jew is actually cheaper. Afel Peking, despite that, the Pasik is saying, you have to go to the Jew. says there are more white. Because if it's mamish the same, the Jew and the guy are both selling the object or the, the, the thing, whatever it is, for the same price, like Tzarach Kroh, then that's an, it's obvious that you have the opportunity to eat. If it's mamish the same to go to the Jew or the non-Jew, then certainly it's obvious that you, that you should go out of your way to support your brother. So it w- you wouldn't need a Pasik to tell you that. The fact that a has to go out of its way to say, By the way, v'chisim kruh miyad that you should do your business, you should buy and sell from a Jew, then it says the Ramah, it, clearly he's talking about even in a case of where, you're, where the other person, the non-Jew, is giving you a better deal. And even though he's giving you a better deal, still go to the Jew. Of course, certainly, if it was just mamish, the, same, the same price completely, then, if it would, it would, it, then you wouldn't need a Pusach. It's obvious that you would be obligated and it would be a mitzvah to go support a Jewish business. That that's that's, that's obvious. Al So if we even need a Pusak to tell us this idea and to go out of its way and says, you know, do business with the Jew, then clearly it's talking about that filu that even if the non-Jew is giving you a better deal, again whether he's selling you something cheaper or whether he's willing to buy something from you for more money, but he's giving you the better deal, me still a Jew comes first. That's the Rambah. Okay. So that's a big khumra. that's a big khumra. That, that if you have two opportunities of uh, buying something or selling something, a Jew and a non-Jew, so says the Medjush, you should go, go, to, go to the Jew, and says the Ramah, even if the non-Jew is giving you a better price, or again, whether it be offering you more money to buy something, or asking for less money to sell something. But he still has to be with a six. Huh? The Jew still has to be with a six. Can't. So, right. you can't go crazy. Right, you can't go cra- right, so the question is how, how crazy can so, we go? So that's uh, fifty, mean yeah. So we can go, we can go even less. So let's see. So now we're going to see a few hater. Okay. So l- let's let let's understand the the, the number of hater that we're going to see so f- that we're going to see coming up are fundamentally rooted with the following idea. The following idea is that this is not one of the six thirteen. In other words, we all understand that when it comes to one of the real let's say real mitzvahs, one of the mitzvahs that we're obligated to, to fulfill. Then we have to do it even if it, even if it costs us money, right? So um, you have a mitzvah to shake Luvin Eserik. Okay, so it costs money to, sheik, to, to buy Luvin Eserik. Even if it means spending money, so you have to spend money to do a mitzvah. So you have to have a mezuzah on your door. It takes money to maybe buy a mezuzah. Okay, so you have to spend money to buy the mezuzah. This mitzvah over here is already not a mitzvah like shaking Luvin Eser and buying a mezuzah where, listen, I have to sell things to a Jew. Even if it means spending money on that, even it means losing money on that, I have to, Sheik V'Vanesser, I have to spend money for that, so I have to sell things to a Jew, I have to spend money on that too. That's not what, what this means. This is a mitzvah. This is just a, one example of a chesed that a Jew can fulfill by doing business with another Jew. So it's not, we're not talking about a scenario where there's a bona fide mitzvah to do this, where automatically there's an obligation to do it by any means. So we understand that it's not going to be by any means necessary. It's going to be within reason of what's considered normal and, uh, and understandable in the world of chesed. You don't have to go crazy like this. I can fulfill chesed in other ways. right? So I could, this guy, this guy wants to buy something for me and he's giving me a very low bull offer. And he happens to be a Jew. But, and this, so, I'm do, so I would say yes, why? To fulfill chesed. So at the same time, I could help this old lady across the street and fulfill chesed in that way. So it's not, uh, you know, it's not like I have to, this is my only opportunity, this is my obligation to do, I have to spend money for it. It's just another example of chesed. So, it goes, it, so it's reasonable to assume that this is not something that I, have to, that I have to do by any means necessary, and even if it means costing a lot of money, if, if, it, if it's reasonable to do this, then fine. What's considered reasonable? So this is where the achronim come in and explain to us what's considered reasonable. So first of all, first of all, in Marmukah number three, so the Chavetz in Sefer Aves said in the Halachas of Havah, so he, he quotes this uh, concept, of this Medrash, and he says the following thing. And he, the Ramah, again, the Ramah told us that even if it means, you know, that the guy is giving you a better deal, but how much? Val says the Chavetz it, it must be, Kavanase, that the intention of the Ramah is, heichadu nagei First of all, first qualification. Even when the Ramah says that you have to do business with the Jew, even though the guy is giving you a better deal, what does it mean, a better deal? Says the Chavetz Chaim, a small, a small something that's a Dover Mu'at. It's considered to be a small little benefit dealing with the guy. Small benefit. The Ilavachi, if we're talking about a significant amount of price difference, Pasheru Bar that's for sure not. Again, it's coming from this basic. Idea Again, I hope it's, it's clear that this is, again, not like putting on tefillin where I have to do it, even if it costs me a lot of money. I have no choice. This is not one of those mitzvahs. This is just another example of a way to do chesed, and there's many other ways to do chesed. So even though I have to be willing to lose a little bit of money to do this particular way, form of chesed, but again, it has, to be, it has to be considered reasonable. What's reasonable? So first qualification says the, uh, the Chavetz Chaim, even if the guy is giving you a better deal, if he's giving you a really better deal, then it's fine. We're talking about a daver mu'at. Again, what's considered a daver mu'at? Obviously it depends on the deal. You know, if we're talking about a million dollar deal, and uh, the difference in price is a couple hundred dollars, maybe that's considered a daver mu'at. If, it's, if the whole thing is a couple hundred dollars and he's uh, giving you a, a difference in price of $50, then maybe that's considered to be a bigger amount. So again, it's obviously relative to the situation. But whatever it is, you know, I guess lo- ask your local Orthodox rabbi, but it's the, a daver mu'at is what is reasonable. Beyond a daver mu'at, that's, that's unreasonable to assume that you have to fulfill this, this particular mitzvah chesed right now. That's qualification number one. Okay. Qualification number two. Maramaka number four. So Ramesha, in, in Yerdeah, Chela Gimel, Simon Sadi Gimel, talks about this also. And he gives another qualification. First of all, he says, It's a big header. It says, the, says the, said Remesha, This whole halach is not talking about when you are buying or selling because that's your Parnassah. We're talking about a random situation. I happen to be selling my used car. It's not my business, I'm not a used car salesman, it happens to be, I'm just selling my used car. And randomly, people come to me to buy it. And one's a Jew, one's a non-Jew. That's when these halachas kick in. But if my business is selling used cars, then, I, then even if it's a small difference in price, I have to do what's considered to be normal and, uh, and responsible in terms of business. Because again, it's all coming from this idea that uh, I have to do what's considered uh, reasonable. And it's unreasonable to expect a person whose business is to sell, uh, to sell uh, used cars to just give every Jew a better deal because he's, uh, you know, he's giving, um, you know, because he's a Jew. If it's, if it's your business, then that's something else. Then that's something else. Should I read It's not talking about a businessman where, again, this is the product that he's buying and selling. El Navnus, we're talking about a random thing. So, like, for example, so in a grocery store. So groceries are also, guy. this is business. He's selling uh, groceries. He can't just all of a sudden give different prices for different uh, types of people. Not, again, not because we're concerned about people, you know, non-Jews getting upset. It's just bad sound. It's, it's unreasonable. Again, it's all coming from chesed. He can fulfill chesed in other ways. This is just one particular scenario fulfilling chesed. And because of that, you don't have to go out of your way to uh, do something that's considered to be unreasonable to do that, to fulfill that. Shalyar b'slech el and then, the, then Ramos says the same thing as the Chavetz Chaim. And you should know, even if it's a random thing, so you're selling your used car even though that's not your business. If it's a big difference in price, you're also not obligated. So these are the two qualifications so far. Number one, the difference in price has to be minimal. And number two, this has to be a side thing that you're doing right now, buying and selling, but not your Parnassa. Uh, those are the two major tehran. That, yep. The, the only applies yeah. to... Uh, the seller, right? If you're when you're buying from businesses, then well, if your person. business is buying, which if you're a private person buying from businesses, yeah, then it's that's not that's going, going to be relevant to you, right? But it'll be up to them, you know. I mean, but if to, a to sell it. If you're, it. Buying, it'll be if be seller, you're right, the right sales exactly, sales. then that's your business, and that's not that's not His means a random thing where it's a you know, it's no big deal like that. Now, by the way, if you take one one last hetter, we'll see. If you take a look at Marimokah number six, we'll skip five for a second. Let's go to six. This is another hetter from the Chavetz Chaim. da. you should know. And it's, it's, you know, it's an obvious point, but it's, uh, you know, just to, to, to spell it out. Says the Chavetz says the Chaim, even if we're talking about a random scenario where you're selling your used car, and we're talking about the difference in price is a small amount, so then you should have to sell it to the non-Jew that says the Chavetz Chaim, This is all talking about something where there is no clear value in the market of what this product should cost. It's just you're making up numbers as you go along, kind of. Okay, so it's not your business, and this guy is giving you, and the guy is offering you a little bit more money than the Jew. Okay, so sell it to the Jew. But if this is something that I know what this, the value is, Right, and this is my red line that I'm, I'm not. I have no interest in selling this under this amount. That, that I'm losing money. So he says, "Davar you Yidu is something that the market is known. The value is known for this, and the market. like and the guy is willing to give you that price or even over that price, and so that's that's reasonable. The Yisrael writes a shiyozel but the Jew is now you know he's he's asking you. You know, he's offering you a price that's under that red line. Again, it's not an arbitrary line. This is what this is the value of this product by anyone. This is what it's This is what it's worth. Then that's there's no mitzvah to then sell it to the Jew. Says think about this. Even if you didn't have any other any other offer, would you sell it to the Jew for that price? You wouldn't. So so now that you have another offer, then you have to sell it to him. Right. So it goes without saying that we're talking about in other words, the Chavetz Chaim is making a point, is that it goes without saying we're talking about a, an offer that the, that the Jew is giving you that you would listen to. It just happens to be, uh, you know, the guy is giving me a better offer. Okay, so now we have to think about this halacha. But if the Jew is offering you, giving you an offer that, that, that you wouldn't even consider just by itself, then, then obviously I don't have to consider it now that there's a guy giving me a better offer. So again, we're talking about, again, these are the, the term that, that we're working with. It says, again, it says the Chavetz so Chaim, There'd be no obligation just to sell things you know, below market value because, uh, because the Jew's are asking for it. Uh, there's no such thing. The same thing as the other way. So if you're buying a used car and the guy is offering... Uh, and, and your and your and if you could buy it from the guy to market value the right It's the and and the jew is is giving you a higher price if that price that the jew is offering you is not something that you would consider then obviously you don't okay now i have no choice to, to buy it you don't, you don't have to buy it right obviously you don't have to buy it so these are the terms that we're working with again just to chazer over quickly again the Pasuk, we have the Pasuk of im ibhisimkumam qalamisakhra that we have, we have a general mitzvah of supporting another Jew, chesed and staka, and then it says the Pasuk, an example of that, uh, a way to fulfill that, is to do business with another Jew, to buy product from a Jew, to sell products to a Jew, and says the Ramah, and if the Pasuk has to go out of its way to tell us this, says the Ramah, it means even if the guy is giving you a better offer, afel go to the Jew, but, again, Since this is not a mitzvah like talis and tefillin, where you have to just spend money to do, it's only just a particular example of a way to fulfill chesed, which you can fulfill by helping the old lady across the street. So therefore, it's understood that this mitzvah of spending money, uh, doing business with a Jew over a guy, is not something that you have to do. It's in an unreasonable way. So therefore, it has to be reasonable. What's considered reasonable? So we had a few at there. Number one, this can't be Eureka Parnosa. If it's Eureka Parnosa, then don't give anyone any deals. Number two, it ha- even if it's not Eureka parnasa, the difference in, 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 in all the offers have to be small. And number three, it has to be the Jew has to be offering a price you know, or asking for a price that you, would, that you would consider. If it's not a price that, in your mind, this is, uh, it's not worth it, then obviously you're not obligated to do that. Okay. So this is all in terms of buying and selling, buying and selling from a Jew. But now let's get back to our sugya of lending, of lending money to a Jew. There's a gemara of that talks about a similar scenario of Jew versus guy in terms of lending. So, like I said, the pasuk that this entire mitzvah of lending money to a Jew was coming from was in Kesef Talvis Ami ani anima." Again, if when you lend money to my people, to poor to poor people. So the Gemara and Bava is dealing with why does it have to say these t- two things? Just say in talvis ami. If you send, if you lend money to a poor Jew, lend money to my people to a poor Jew. What's this addition of my people? So says the Gemara in Bava number number seven. So Maromoka number seven is the Gemara Metzia ayin aleph Amid Says the Gemara. Omrma. The Gemara says it says in pasuk ami talvis ami. If you that you should lend money to my people. Says the Gemara, what the Pasik is trying to hint to is the following halacha. Ami ami kaida. That if you have the opportunity to lend money to a Jew or to a non Jew, you should lend money to the Jew. That's the the interpretation of the Gemara in that Pasik. Says the Gemara Pshita. Obviously, like it goes without saying, right? Like, just like the Ramas said, what do you need a Pesach to tell me, do business with a Jew? Obviously, if you have the opportunity, it's all the same, certainly do business with a Jew. So same thing over here. If it's all the same, you're lending money anyway, uh, certainly do business with, the, uh, lend money to the Jew. Why do you have to have a Pesach indicating this, like lend money to my people? Am um, Rav Nachman, Sir so Rav Nachman said, Amr Huna. that Rav Huna told me, Le'nitzricha, that the scenario is as follows, Da'afilu l'nochi b'ribbis li'israel b'china. Because right? we know that you're not allowed to, when you lend money to a Jew, we saw the Pasuk says you're not allowed to charge interest. But for a non-Jew, you're allowed to charge interest. So let, now the scenario is interesting. I have, I have money to lend. A, a Yid is asking for a loan, but with him, there's no interest I can charge. A non-Jew is asking for a loan. With him, I can't charge interest. So that's what the Pasuk says. So therefore, you might think, that you might think over there, oh, if I, if I lend money to the guy. Means uh, I'll be making money. I could charge who knows how much interest on in that, right? Matt the Pussy said, no, no, no. In case of Talvasami, you have to lend money to my people. You have to lend money to my people. So we have another, again, a similar scenario. A similar scenario. Where, again, just like when it comes to buying and selling a used car, so even, so you had a situation of where if I deal with the guy, it'll be better for me. I get a better, I get a better deal. But no, do the, do the business with the Yid. It's the same thing, and it comes with Halva. I could do the halva, I could lend the money to the guy, I'll get a better deal from it, I'll be able to charge rivers. No, do it with a year. Do it with a yid. But here's, but here's the nakuda, though. How do the same rules apply that we saw, you know, sort of limiting the obligation of buying and selling to a Jew, do those limitations apply to lending to a Jew? And, the, the, and, the, and, and basically, there's a fundamental point over here. Whereas selling the used car to a Jew, there was no mitzvah. Again, remember, all the terim that we saw from Rav Moshe and the Chavetz Chaim and so on were fundamentally rooted on an assumption, which is that selling your used car to a, to a Jew is not like Sheik Mug It's not something, it's not a mitzvah by itself that you have to do. It's just, uh, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a universal mitzvah of chesed. Okay, there's an opportunity to do chesed. I can find other opportunities to do chesed. It's not a mitzvah by itself where there's an obligation to, set, to spend money to do it. So over there, because of that, there are basic limitations. I don't have to do anything. It's abnormal. It's abnormal to lose a lot of money for, for, for that situation. It's abnormal to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to sell my used car for a price that I wouldn't otherwise consider. Because again, there's no, it's, not, it's not like buying a mezuzah where I, ha- I have no choice. I have to buy a mezuzah. I have no choice. I have to sell this guy a used car. It's not like that. But when it comes to lending a Jew money, as we saw last week, there's a mitzvah in Torah. It's one of the 613, M'Kesav Talbazami. There's a mitzvah to lend money. So it, now that there's an actual bona fide mitzvah of lending a Jew money, okay, so now maybe you can make the argument, now that it's its own independent mitzvah of M'Kesav Talbizami, I have to spend money to do it. And even if it's a lot of money, maybe it's not uh, you know more than any other mitzvah, but... But, uh, but it, whatever mitzvah I would spend on buying a pair of tefillin, maybe that's the, mitzvah, that's the amount of money I have to spend to lend this Jew money. So even though I wouldn't have to spend that much or lose that much to sell him my used car, because there's no mitzvah to sell my used car. But over here there's a mitzvah to lend money to a yid. So do those hetterim apply? You can make the argument, they do not. Because again, those hetterim were fundamentally rooted on an assumption, which is there is no mitzvah to sell your used car to a Jew, which is true. If you sell your used car to a Jew, you are fulfilling chesed, but, uh, but you don't have to do that in an unreasonable way. But there is a mitzvah, you have to buy a mezuzah, you have no choice. So there's a mitzvah, you have to sell another Jew money, you have no choice. So do those limitations apply? So, it's a, so there are achrayim that say no. If you take a look at Maramukah number 8, so the Megillus Esther is one of the achrayim uh, on the Sefer Mitzvahs of the Rambam. So on his commentary to the Sefer Mitzvahs in Shor Shavav, so the, the, the McGill Sester it references our Gemara that we just saw about Mitzia that the pasuk tells you that you have to lend the Jew money even if you have an opportunity of lending a guy which you'll be able to make a lot of money you'll be able to make money off of ribbis says the Megillah Sester you need a pasuk to tell you this she halvos yisrael halvos that you have to lend the Jew money over lending the non Jew where you have the opportunity of charging ribbus. Says that Megill Sester, gai baribis, revach and you should know this obligates you even if, even if lending the non Jew money would give the opportunity to make a lot of money with interest. That hetter that we saw already when it came to selling your used car, that again the Chavetz Chaim and Ramayisha said, no, 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 it's only with a small amount, says Megill Sester, that does not apply to this mitzvah of lending a Jew money. Even l- lending a Jew money, even if it means losing an opportunity of making a lot of money. That's something that you have to be willing to do. If there was a lot of money to be gained with ribbis, then you might think, maybe, okay, that's unreasonable. Then no, even in such a scenario, a Jew comes first. Now, the, 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 the logic of the Miguel Sester, again, first of all, you could, you could simply make the argument that maybe uh, lending money, you know, uh, I'm not losing anything because I'll get the money back. But uh, it's, it's, there are problems with that svara. So but it, to explain McGill Saster, it could fundamentally be what we're talking about before, which is again, there is no mitzvah, there is no mitzvah to sell your used car. If I do it, I'm performing chesed. There's no mitzvah by itself. It's not like McGill, It's not like thousand tefillin. You know, but when it comes to lending a Jew money, that's its own mitzvah, and I have to spend money for it, so I have to spend money for it. But here, this is what connects to what we talked about last week. Now, if you remember, the first few minutes of the shir, we, were, we, we it over what is the fundamental mitzvah of lending a Jew money. So we saw that, that there are two basic camps. One camp is it's dak and chesed. It's and Again, okay, so one region says daka, one region says chesed, it's and chesed. But then we saw that there's another shita, which was the Ramam himself, and again, to does chazer over. The Ramam does not record this mitzvah of lending a Jew money in Hilchas daka, he did not record it in Hilchas chesed. The Rambam records it in Hilchus Malv Ve'Voloyve. We, what we saw was that, the, that what the Rambam is telling us is that this is not a mitzvah in other Machavir per se. This is a mitzvah within Hilchus Commerce, within Hilchis Mamenes. That just like there's there's a law governing how how you how your business transactions have to be. There's hilchis no There's Ribbis. There's all sorts of halachas governing how Jewish commerce should look like. So there's another mitzvah within. Within, within Torah, that governs also how Jewish commerce will look like, which is that an opportunity of, of, of lending a Jew money arises, you have to be willing to do it. Now let's think for a second. If the mitzvah of lending a Jew money is a business-dicke mitzvah, it's within that world of business. Remember like last week we said, why does the Pasuk have to say like, Im if, you, if you lend money, but it really means you have to. Why say it in the, in the word im? So he said, because if, if the mitzvah is fundamentally a business mitzvah, like mitzvah, you're doing business. So what the Pusik is saying is, you don't have to do business. I'm not saying that you have to be a businessman. The whole onion of business and commerce is something that's sort of man- man-made. Like, theoretically, we could just all live on a farm and self-sustain ourselves and you'll just eat uh, carrots all day and finish. Like, you don't have to buy and sell. Nope. Okay, you don't want to just eat carrots all day. You want to have asparagus. And this guy has an asparagus farm. Ah, so I want to be able to get some of your asparagus. Okay, so because of that, we now come up with this idea of I'll give you this trinket, and this trinket you consider to be a certain value, and I'll get asparagus for it. Well, some we have business made. It's not the Torah didn't give us business, you know and I'm saying it's something that we created on our own. Therefore, the whole thing is in. So im of zombies, I'm not saying you you don't have to lend this mitzvah of lending money is itself rooted on something which is re- was some re- arbitrary and something that didn't have to be per se. If it, this is a mitzvah within business, then I think logic would dictate that this—that the the gedorim, the 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 rules and regulations of this mitzvah have to be within the world of business. In other words, the, the, the argument can be made that since the mitzvah of Kesef of Ami is a business-like mitzvah, it's within Chayshim Mishpat, so to speak. It's within Malvavaleiva. Then it's then it's on then. And logic says that this mitzvah is not going to obligate me to do something that business sense says, don't do this. So even though the plusic says that, yes, if you have an opportunity, if the guy is offering you to, an opportunity to lend him money with interest, go to the Jew, so fine, a little bit, a little bit. But when the disparity is so great, I can make so much money from him, business logic says this is a bad idea. So although it's true, business logic would say even if it's a difference in $1, it's a bad idea. So that, what the Pusik says, no, no, no. It, that much ignore business logic and do this mitzvah. But so much so to say that I can just completely ignore business logic, and even if, it, even if it's my business of lending money. Like, I'm, that's what I do for a Parnassah. And the opportunity of the guy offering me is a huge, is a huge profit. Afal peaking to ignore it? If this is, again, so what we're saying is like this. Even though what we're suggesting is not like the Megillah Sester, that even though it's its own mitzvah, it's true. But it's still fundamentally not like Talzin's film. It's still different than buying a mezuzah where I have no choice. I have to spend money. Why? Buying a mezuzah, that's not a business in mitzvah. So it's not a footnote, and it's not a, a, a particular chapter within my portfolio. It's not a, it, it has nothing to do with, 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 with business. So, fine, it happens to be mezizas cost money, so I have to spend money to buy mezizas. Mm-hmm. But over here, the mitzvah of lending a Jew money is that I perform business. This is how, this is how I live. This is how the world goes. There's such a thing as Mecca Chomemker. Within the world of, me, of my personal Mecca Chomemker, I have to make sure that, there's, that I'm willing and able, not able, but I'm willing to lend a Jew money. But since it's within the context of Nova Veloiva, of Mecca Chomemker business, so it has to fit in that world, in the world of business. If it's something that completely runs against every rule of business, of business uh, reality, uh, then it's unreasonable to think that the mitzvah is going to obligate me to do that. It's, not, it's, 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 it's a mitzvah that exists within the world of Mecca HaMemker. And in fact, this is the opinion of the shahar Mishpat. If you take a look at Marmokah number nine, so the shahar Mishpat was one of the great Ahreinim. So he writes in his commentary to Shulchan Arach, Ach be'emes it seems to me to be truth, this idea of lending a Jew money, even if it's, you know, uh, over a non-Jew, even though the non-Jew is offering you interest, It's only if the interest is a small amount. And so then, it's a small amount. But if it's a lot of money that he's, that he's offering you, then logic dictates that it's, it's unreasonable to do that. We mean unreasonable? Who cares? It's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to lend a Jew money. There's a mitzvah to buy mezuzah you say it's unreasonable to spend that much. That's what you have to do. The answer is, yes, there's a mitzvah to lend the Jew money, but the mitzvah lending the Jew money is within the context and within the suyas of Mecca Memkur. And therefore it's governed by the logic of Meccachumemkar. I understand, even with that, the Pasuk says, go a little bit out of your way to lend the Jew money, but not not in a way that completely, you know, rips up everything that, uh, that you learned in business school. You know what I'm saying? So that's what's going on over here. So that's another nafkamina again going back. So we have this Iker Shiloh. What is the nature of this mitzvah? Is it stuck of a chesed? Or is it within the context of business? So now what comes out of it is that we have sort of two minas. Number one that we saw last week is, is there a cap? Is there a cap of a fifth? in this midst of lending a Jew money, let's say you want to lend money. You want to. It doesn't make sense in business, but you want to anyway. Would chazal stop you from lending more than a fifth of your, of your assets? So if it's stuck in chesed, it's stuck on a susho. You're not allowed to spend for it's stuck in chesed more than a fifth. But if it's within business, there's no such limitation. The whole limitation came from Yaakov Avinu offering a fifth as chesed in a response to Hashem's chesed to him. But if it's business, there's no limitation like that. That was nafkmina number one, and now we're seeing another Nafkamina is that if it's a is, if it's a stock in Chesed that's mitzvah versus a business that's mitzvah. Is it something that I have to? That am I am I obligated to do this even when my business sense says this is unreasonable? So again, uh, you might not. Uh, we're not talking about spending a fortune on it, but uh, you know if there's if the if a non-Jew is offering to to uh, borrow from you. With, with a lot of interest, more than just the dover Ramut, but a lot of interest. So if it's a business teke mitzvah, then says the Shara Mishpat, the Shara Mishpat is then correct. The, the, then, then it's illogical to say that a business a mitzvah would obligate you to do something which is illogical in business. Halach Lamaisa, halach Lamaisa, so the and Ramayisha also, they hold, like the Shara Mishpat, halach Lamaisa, that, that the only time that you would have to lend a Jew money over lending a non-Jew money with interest is only again a mu'at. So Allah so what comes out of all this is, is that if we'll assume like the Rambam in Mishnah Torah that this is a business mitzvah, then what comes out of all this is is that both in terms of selling your used car and in terms of lending money, it has to be within what's considered to be reasonable. What's reasonable, number one, it's not your business, it's not your parnasa. If it's your parnasa, then you do what you have to do, even if it's a little bit. Number two uh, it's something that's only a daver mu'at. If it's a huge profit that you could be making, then then Adur Abba, then make the profit, make the profit. And number three, what we saw is it has to be a situation where where, you, you're, where, where you're, you're able to do it. So uh, if, if the Jew is offering you a price, that's... Uh, forget a non-Jew. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a price I'm willing to sell my car for. Or he's asking for a loan that I, I just can't afford, then obviously it goes without saying that You're not obligated to do that. You can't... Uh, that's, that's considered to be unreasonable. One last nakuda that we'll just end with. Oh, by the way, this is an important one. Take a look at the the final marumakim. This is referring to it. Really, it applies to all these scenarios of buying and selling and lending. Although it's he's, th- this marumakim is specifically addressing lending because it's more relevant. But this is from the Aguda, one of the one of the late Rishonim. So he talks about this halacha of lending. He's, he's referring back to this halacha of lending a Jew money. Versus a non-Jew, that the Gemara says, if there's a small difference in a difference, uh, if you can make a little bit of money, then do it with a Jew. So it says the Aguda. you should know. It seems to me it's, it's it's an obvious point. We're talking about a scenario where they're both as, as, as they're they're both equally trusted, right? Because you talk in those, if you're dealing with lending money. Uh, it means that I have to assume and I have to trust you to eventually get paid back. Either you're going to give me a mash you give me a, what do they call it, collateral, or, or maybe the, the witnesses or whatever it is, or you're just a trustworthy person. But if you have a situation of where the Jew is asking for a loan and the non-Jew is asking for a loan, even if, this is the khirish over here, even if it's a Jew that I would lend money to, but comparatively speaking, the non-Jew is more trustworthy in this particular situation, then says the Aguda. Then you then you lent it to the Nanju. They have to be assuming that they're the same in terms of trustworthiness and confidence that I have in getting my money back. Okay, then that that's what we're talking about again. But if the scales are tilted any other way, then, then certainly not. You know. Um, by the way, another obvious uh, situation, another uh, just you know another. I guess you call it a heter in this entire sugya is everything until now was was presenting was a situation where the both it's they were both presenting themselves at the same time. Right, so I am selling a used car. I have two customers walking in, right? Or I'm about to lend money, and two people come, or even if they're momish, not the same time, but at least I know the other person is coming, so they're both at the same, you know. But if, let's say, for example, you already have, you, you already have a business uh, business deal with a non-Jew, right? It's already I don't know, it's finalized, but it's already in the process. The wheels have already been in motion, and so on. But then all of a sudden. A yid comes that wants to, you know, and, you, and, and now the question is to stop the deal that already has begun with the non-Jew. Or let's say the partnership, you know, situations come up where a person has, has, has it, it's not one particular thing that you're buying and selling. It's just a partnership sort of that you have with this guy that for the past number of years, every time you have a used car, you sell it to him, you know, things like that. So, uh, again, it might be a little bit trickier, but assuming like in, like in business when you have uh, sort of a relationship already with this, with this non-Jew, and because of that, obviously, you probably trust him, and you know, you could, you know that he's able to handle you know, the, uh, your business and so on. And then all of a sudden you have a Jew coming that says, you know what, ask your Rav, because it says in the Medrash that you have to buy and sell from the Jew first. So in those situations, it's not an it's not issue. First of all, in those situations, usually that's your Parnassah. You know, so then, then for sure. But again, we're talking about where all these all these situations, the opportunities are coming, presenting themselves sort of at the same time or relatively speaking the same time. But if it's, uh, you know, if the guy comes first and you're already dealing with him and all of a sudden much later the Jew comes, that's, then that's not what the Pesk is talking about. That's simply not what the Pesk is talking about. That's what's fundamentally going on over here. Again, it's what we're seeing over here is a, is a huge chiddish, which again, that fundamentally this mitzvah is a business deke mitzvah. Now... Again, like I mentioned last week, the flyer says that it's halacha and penimis. So I have, uh, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I make Yaakov Josefi like crazy about all these flyers. I don't want to, I can't uh, make him upset. You know, I have to say something in too. So last week we talked about the penimis of this mitzvah of lending a Jew money. Um, and again, the, the question, uh, the, the philosophical question, in philosophy the question is always why, why is there a mitzvah to lend a Jew money? That's philosophy. That's not our sugya. Penimius. The question is not why is there a mitzvah. The question is, what is this mitzvah? What part of the nefesh is activated when you perform this mitzvah? That's that's the penimius question. So we said last week that the the inyan, the 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 uh, the Ar of Hashem, the light of Hashem, the influence, the the kaitos, the shefa that comes into the neshama when one is performing this mitzvah is the strength that Hashem gives you to, to perform your avoidance Hashem. We, we talked about this last week, the like Gemara says when it comes to and that from the first uh, Bia, the woman doesn't become pregnant, the Kala doesn't become pregnant, only because the first Bia fundamentally is about preparing her to become pregnant. And so the same thing is with the banished. It takes a certain amount of divine energy Not energy, not enough just like to get you out of bed. I'm talking about what what gives us the strength, the spiritual strength, to perform an act of taking leather boxes and wrapping it on our arms. What gives us the ability and the power that that somehow activates the higher world? Because, you you know, I I could take... um, I could take... uh, you know, you could have, uh, I don't know, whatever it is. I, I could do many physical. I could do jumping jacks. It's not being piled. It's not, it's not doing much. not doing much in me. It's not doing much in the higher world. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, I give a quarter to Tzedakah. Or all of a sudden, I, uh, I uh, again, I put on sitsis or I put on tefillin. Psst. Not only is there a physical act going on, but that physical act has unbelievable kayches and it impacts the higher world. Somehow the, the description is that we're talking about the ability of being malaman, of taking things of this world and somehow being able to be involved in activities of this world and being piled in the heart. Where, where do you get such kayches from? The answer is you don't have the kayches yourself. There was a b'irishayinah. There was a b'irishayinah. When the neshama comes to the world, the Rabbani imbues within us that divine power to then be able to take things of this world, which, be, which be'etzem, which fundamentally are mundane, and somehow they're able to have an unbelievable effect on high. That, that's called the Birishina that the Rav shalom K'viachal had with us. And now that we have the Birishina, now the nekeva, the kala, can, can uh, come towards the chasen with all the kishutim, with all the ornaments and all the adornments that she has. Then the will will be mashpia again. And they'll be able to have an unbelievable shafa together. But the kaikas to to even become pregnant, to be able to be poil, to be able to 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 develop something in the womb, and it's more than just a physical tipa, but to be able to tap into the potential contained in that tipa, there needs to be a birushana first. So the mitzvah of halva, mitzvah halvah, which practically is what? It's like we saw last week, a Jew that's not poor yet, but he just needs a loan. And if you give him that loan, he'll be able to stand on his own two feet. That's a mitzvah which activates that k'aychav b'irishayinah. So when we perform that mitzvah, we're being mechazek within ourselves and within everyone else. The ability to what? To engage in things that are fundamentally mundane and fundamentally insignificant, but somehow be able to find the unbelievable depth and significance in those mundane things. That's what it is. Because of that, according to the Rambam, this mitzvah is fundamentally... It's, it's fundamentally rooted in something that's fundamentally mundane, or what seems to be mundane, which is Mecca The whole inion of this mitzvah is to give us the kayach to take that which initially seems as mundane, futile, unnecessary, just happens to be, which is really all physical life, and transform it into something unbelievably great through the B'rishonah that Rabbanah Shalom had with us. And so, therefore, coded in this mitzvah, are these two qualities. First of all, the mitzvah is, what? Is to help a Jew stand on his own two feet. That's the mitzvah of hava. And number two, it's fundamentally part of a sugya, which seems to be pretty mundane and pretty secular. And the Pesach itself already addresses this as, in Kesef Tal The sugya that it's revolving around, the, 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 the ground under this mitzvah's feet is something that's like, kind of doesn't have to be. And so, adra, hagufa, that's exactly why the mitzvah is in the world of commerce. Because the sight of the mitzvah is giving you the kaychas to involve yourself in things that, on the surface, seem completely insignificant, and to be able to find the depth and the and the and the kedusha and the El-Kos and the the infinity behind those finite experiences and the experience of all experiences, which seems to be the most finite and the most insignificant and the most like b'dieved, is what is something that comes to us because of the of the hizudas, right? The whole inin mekach mamish seems to be a big b'dieved. But, but Adarabah, the k'iches of a yid is to be engaged in those things which seem to be and to, and to and to sort of draw out from them sparks of divinity. And our ability to do that comes from the b'erushayna that Rabbi Nishon had as Rabbi comes to the world. He imbues with us with his divine light to such a degree that even now that we're involved in things which only came to us as ma'amashat b'dyeved because of the the yitzada'as, the b'zayat that afal p'kein, we should have a k'iches the, and and the, the eyes of the Rabbanishon to be able to find within those things mamish kedusha and elikus that comes the be Das is the mitzvah halva. So the whole Indian of, of mitzvah halva is revolving on this nakuda of giving a Jew the, his own ability to find kedusha in the mundane and to uplift it, and that's exactly what the mitzvah the, the gedar the halachis of mitzvah halva, is therefore going to be sort of reflective. Of that inner truth of what's taking place on the deeper level, in the mitzvah. salva. Okay, so we should be zeicha to uh, you know no no yid should be in need you know but uh, but this itself by learning about this mitzvah so it should be amenas uh, minas So we should be zeicha to have those kliachus to be able to be mivara all the birurim and take care of all the bizeisah bechataichelachus we should be able just to get back to ganeden the bizei shel tzadik mirvimin on me. everybody. I guess next week we'll uh, oh next next week Radha